Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR four three three. It's WWE SummerSlam twenty twenty two. But I am not alone. I have the pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first by my side for every WWE and AEW pay per view. It's a fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How are you doing? Yes, yes. Hello. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing, James? I'm doing great. And do you know what? I can feel positive vibes coming off you. I mean, this must be great. We're WWE pay-per-view and we're positive. Yeah. I mean, I've got to admit, I'm a little shocked myself. It could have a little something to do with, you know, something small like a change of creation or something. I'm not sure. but Can't quite put my finger on it. But yeah, Yeah. no, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can work it out. But it's great to have you on and up next. A man who is our resident NXT expert and is hoping WWE becomes more NXT than 2.0. It's Monty. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And uh, it's funny you bring that up because this is, uh, we, we need to celebrate just off the top. This is our first time reviewing something Hunter has booked in forever. Like, oh my God. Like, do you remember those days? It feels like forever ago since we've been in this 2.0 fall. It feels good to be here. Happy to talk about SummerSlam. Let's get into it. Yeah, it is literally like the clouds have lifted. But last, but by no means least, it's a woman coming off her first solo victory uh, on the last W pay-per-view, looking to not pull up Ricky Starks and lose it all. It is Gina. How's it going? Ouch. (laughs) Hey, guys. What up? I'm sorry you to have, You had to slide that in there, didn't you? <laughs> I, I I'll, make sure, I'll make sure Ricky knows about that. Let me please. Are you uh, pleased or happy to be here today? Like I said, we cheered you up on the pre-show, getting you excited for it. What about today? Are you ready for some slam? Yeah, I definitely think that the hype from doing the previous podcast really helped me get into it. So definitely positive vibes going into this. Yeah, without a shadow of doubt, like I said, we've got the entire team, so we get into it. But first, just like to thank everybody who did join us at the weekend for the live show. And like I said, this has come such a common uh, occurrence now with all of us getting together and posting big numbers for the show as well. And uh, like I said, it's been great these past couple of months. We've jumped from like Forbidden Door to Money in the Bank to SummerSlam and still everybody listening uh, at home and but it, what I've seen for the emails and the tweets, mostly everybody enjoying it. Uh, but we will try our best. We'd like to thank everybody uh, for their commitment to the show. So let's kick off then with kickoff. We've got Kayla Braxton, The King, Booker T, Kevin Patrick and Pete and Rosenberg on the kickoff panel. Nothing of note happened apart from King taking a shot at Pat. We've got a theory promo and a video telling us a mysterious man is here tonight. So, July 30th. Um, I was going to say, Jaxie, does it seem weird that SummerSlam's not in August? Yes, definitely. Um, when when they first announced the date, actually, I really was uh, felt like I was going mad. I was like, am I going mad? Because it's in July. But I swear it's usually in August. Let me just look at, back at previous SummerSlam dates. And I wasn't actually going mad. I'm right. It was always in August. I don't know where it's changed or why it's changed. Um, but, I mean, it was quite a nice surprise for it being on a Saturday, you know. So I'm not going to complain. No, I think we're quite lucky. Because, like I said, the final Saturday 
in July here. And, of course, Clash at the Castle where, Monty, <laughs> you were going to get sick of me mentioning that show <laughs> up until the point, there's no doubt. But <laughs> said, uh, we wouldn't have Clash at the Castle, I suppose, if some sound was a little bit late because usually it's the end of August uh, and like it's September 3rd for the Clash. But first WWE pay-per-view without Vince in charge ever. Monty, this is momentous. We're in uncharted territory, you know? Yeah, man, everything, you can just feel it. And, like, now in the air of the show as the night went on, but, like, on on, on social media leading up to the show, the uh, on Saturday night, it was just a, the, it, the energy, like I said, uh, the hopefulness about the brand of WWE. Uh, just You could just feel it. You can tell. You can uh, see it in a lot of people's posts. A lot more people were uh, active in talking about what they were excited to see. Uh, from SummerSlam, so uh, you, it's crazy to me how one person gets removed, and the, the entire narrative or at least feeling of around the promotion. I don't think I ever really thought about it, but it just seems like everything immediately got positive, <laughs> and uh, this show was a perfect uh, result from that. And like you said, the first show in this new era, and like it's all uncharted, but I think this is some of the most exciting. WWE has been in at least a decade. So, yeah, it's been this – is, this is a special time right now. When you think, yeah, the last time McMahon Senior, you know, promote before um, – obviously before Vince did. But even then, like a non-McMahon, even though I suppose Stephanie is there, but we see how much, you know, she will give to it. But like I said, we're in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. And sure, the stadium did a great – visual also daylight i think it felt like mania gina what did you think of the overall setting because i was pretty impressed by it yeah i actually um uh, like you just said i thought it um looked a bit like mania because i'm sure they had one where it was outside like that it was nice though because it just felt like even though it was night time for us in the UK watching it, it was daytime there. So it kind of made it still feel like daytime for us for a little bit. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed it for sure. Right, down there, the full LED round ringside. They thought, fuck it, no expense spared here. And we started with Grave, Saxton and Smith on commentary. Then we get big time Bex making her entrance. And I'll tell you something, I would be knackered on that walk to the ring. It seemed to take about five minutes and I just I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> uh, what do they do as the crow flies, you know? Uh, as for Belair, well, there was a little fanfare for Belair, but a big pop from her hometown. Um, and we had a strong collar and elbow tie up to start. And of course, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch for the uh, Raw Women's Championship. And it was physical from the first bell and stayed competitive the whole time. Both women were looking to make sure they kicked off the show one of the best matches of the night. They fought in and out of the ring and you most anything they can inflict damage without risking a DQ. The steps, ring posts and barricades all came into play. We saw several crate spots that helped make this feel completely different from their other encounters. The EST was able to skewer the win with a Spanish fly followed by a KOD for the pin to cap off a fantastic opener and then surprisingly Lynch offered a hand as a show of respect and a hug to a nice reaction from the crowd um, obviously something else happened after this well but let's look at the match first Monty these women delivered yet again it's always magic 
Yeah, man, just an incredible match. And uh, it's hard to really think about it because I know it's been a while, but that match at Mania was just as special, if not more. And it was really hard for me at first to really compare this one to that one. But, uh, you know, after having a little bit of extra an extra day or two, I look back at the Mania match, and it actually holds up really nicely next to each other. And they have, like you said, some differences that allow it to stick out from their past matches. And I thought that that, that final part played out perfectly, man. The, the, using the braid into the manhandle slam, that false finish was great. The Spanish fly reversal, like you mentioned, into the KOD was just a perfect way to give Bianca a decisive win. So this was fantastic to me, man. I gave it four and a half stars. I really enjoyed what they did in the ring. Yeah, without that, I mean, it was like I said, the finish. I loved that, and the the cracking near fall for the manhandle slam as well. Really, really well done. And the other thing that I saw on the replay was when they shook hands, the referee's eyes kind of bulged. Yeah. He <laughs> what he saw as well. Uh, there's no doubt Becky as as the face is money. Uh, Jackson, what do you think of the opener? I too saw the ref size bulging and I could not stop laughing at it. It was so funny. He was like, oh my God, what's happened? I was just crying. Um, Again, I agree with what Monty said. I actually think that this is a five-star match. I was completely lit right from the get-go of this match and it just went hard. I was praying that we were going to have like an actual long, decent match and it wasn't going to be like a repeat of the SummerSlam before, but like kind of maybe the other way around of Bianca winning in like 26 seconds. So I'm really glad that they actually gave us like an, an actual full sport type match between these two women because they're they're both iconic. They both have so much talent and they both just, you know, wowed us all from the the very get-go. Even the audience in the crowd were just you know, screaming for more because they were doing so well. Uh, yeah, I gave this five stars for me personally. I really enjoyed it. Gina, what about you? What do you think? I think my sister summed it up really well there, to be fair. Um, it was a great opening match. It got everybody excited. You could t- just tell that the crowd were ready for this long show and this first match helped them get hype up for it. So, I definitely would give it five stars as well. I think both women put all their all into the match, and I couldn't. I I wanted them to continue fighting too. Well, I gave it four and three quarters out of five. I, I, the only reason I didn't give it five because I gave the Mania match a five, and I thought that this so not lacking such. But as we found out, obviously after with the uh, the shoulder injury. Um, you know, obviously she was uh, having trouble at that point. But uh, it would be interesting to kind of see uh, what well, we talk about what happens after. But we'll do polls first. Belair was 77%. Uh, predictions, we all went Belair. So 1 0 up. And after the match, well, <laughs> uh, Bailey's then made a surprising return as Belair celebrated a win. This was immediately followed by Dakota Kai and EO Sky, formerly EO Shy, joiner in the aisle. Uh, Lynch then stood side by side with Belair, but there was no physical altercation. But what a pop for Bailey. I mean, I nearly cried when I saw Kai, but EO, Monty, as you know, I lost my shit. (laughs) (laughs) The, The coolest women's wrestler in the world. Uh, she will be the women in WWE for too long. Um, first of all, oh, Jaxie, what about you? The return of Bailey, followed by Dakota Kai and EO Sky. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, 
straight away, as soon as Bailey's music hit, I was excited, you know? But then when Dakota Kai and her music dropped, I was like, Triple H, represent, come, come with it, give it to me. We got our girl back and we got her on the main roster as well. And then all of a sudden, Eo's music shit, like, hit. Like, James, I too lost my shit. If I don't have a, a girl crush on Sheeta or Oscar, it's Eo. Okay, I was slightly mad at hearing them call her EO Sky instead of EO Shirai, but we'll get I'll get over that because you gave me EO. So I was beyond ecstatic. I think I gave not only my sister, but I also gave my boyfriend uh, like an earache because I screamed, legit screamed. (laughs) (laughs) It was fantastic. Um, Monty, Mm -hmm. we talked about EO and we're wondering what was going to happen to her. Obviously, in NXT, she's a star. But seeing her there was just like a dream come true. We knew it was a new era at this point. Yeah, you know, uh, once the music hit, and then like you said, you seen her next to Dakota Kai, who's returning, you know, from uh, who a lot of people, who, when she was let go, every, the, the collective, anybody who knew anything about wrestling was all just like, ah, come on, that's a mistake. And I'm, I'm glad they rectified that. I'm glad Triple H made sure that she was one of the first people that, she, that, they, that he could get back. Uh, you know, especially since she was available, and then when you have an EO that we know, we all heard the rumors about her possibly leaving. Her sense, you know, her basically saying those rumors are BS, and she want to be on the main roster. So I'm glad they got that done, you know, uh, because we all know what she's capable of. And then next, the thing is, is next to Bailey and in like a faction, like it's not even that. So not only are they debuting, they're immediately debuting with a goal or something in mind. Which is like we've seen people come up from NXT, we've seen people come from other companies, and you know, not necessarily have anything to do immediately as soon as they debut. Well, he they already have debuted with a plan in mind, and which we will see going forward. But uh, it did one move, all it took was one move for me for, for us to feel that for me to feel the creative splash that the reports claim Triple H wanted to make. And and it's funny to me how that's all it took that one moment right there, and I felt like he he literally reset the women's division a, a division that was really getting stale and with becky's injury is getting low on body so when you add three uh ladies of this caliber to that it had me so excited for what was to come in the women's division uh you know specifically going forward so this was just big time stuff man i can't say enough about it no i deserve the holy shit child uh becky standing next to uh, uh... Bianca was like Homeland and Butch teaming up. The way Becky was like, yeah, I'm on your side. I had tears in my eyes. I'm a grown man crying <laughs> at professional <laughs> wrestling. I said, what a way to start. And I'm Jean- not going to lie. I was, there was part of me that was so scared that Becky was going to turn on her and then join that faction at one moment. Yeah. I was so glad that didn't happen. Me too. I thought she was going to like switch and hit Bianca. And then oh. just join the others, but that is the, the the reason I gave it such a high five as well is because of this ending, and with these returns, I was so happy. Right, that, man, Gina. When you think about it as well, like I said, Becky sep- uh, had a separate shoulder in this match to make this match as good as it was. It's credit to her as well. Yeah, I mean, I think like they mentioned, maybe like she wasn't that great or something but I thought that was just written into the storyline as a way to protect her again if she's going to lose then they could just blame it on the fact that she was injured but then finding out after the actual show that no it, w- it was a legit injury she had and she still wrestled through it I've got mad respect for her for her. she probably saw Cody and was like I'm going to do that 
<laughs> well, that, it is a really, really good start. And finally, final point on this, because it is a year-long storyline. Now, Jaxi, I remember how pissed off you were when Lynch returned last year and beat yep. Belair. I mean, I can yep. still hear you in my like the the anger. Has the last <laughs> has the last year of this booking, what happened at Mania and what we saw at SummerSlam. Uh, has it made up for this now? I mean, all has been forgiven. However, let me just quickly... So I just want to clarify. I was never mad at Becky returning. I was mad at how she returned and then squashed Bianca in like 10 seconds flat after just having like one of the best WrestleMania matches um, on that card and also winning an SP for that match. And yet within a month later, you know, Becky had come back and was just handed the title back straight away. So that was the reason. It wasn't because of Becky returned. Like I like Becky, you know, um, and she is one of my favorites. But I must admit that this story building, it took a bit of time, um, but I'm not going to be mad at it because we also did get Becky v. Oscar at certain points, which they produced some great matches as well. So when you look at it as a whole, I still feel like the storyline could have been a little bit better if this is what they were aiming for as the end result. But I'm not going to complain because I feel like all the women involved worked very hard to get it to where it 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 got to, and and we and they delivered, and we got that, and we even you know Becky even separated her shoulder during it and still continued on with the fight, just very much reminding me of Finn Balor and how he had separated his shoulder against Seth Rollins for the first ever Universal Title um, and still won it. Uh, you know, even though he had to vacate it after, it kind of reminded me of that. And I just grew even more respect for Becky um, mm. after hearing about her injury. So, yeah, definitely made up for it. Well, unfortunately, we've got Logan Paul versus The Miz next. And we see Champa Maurice and company Miz in the ring in matching outfits. Miz mocking Paul, bringing a Pokemon card to the ring at Mania by having a selfie. Uh, Logan nearly crotched himself whilst climbing the ropes on his entrance, which had me worried a little bit. I thought, if you can't if you can't climb a turnbuckle, what are we going to see? But the story of this match was the Miz trying to use his veteran experience to control, obviously, his inexperienced opponent. But he also relied on Chumper to land a hand, but the ref was distracted. It's always hard with a stadium crowd if you know because of the noise, obviously, escapes through the open roof. But it seemed like both men got some good reactions at certain spots. Uh, right after the ref tried to boot Chump from inside, AJ Styles' music hit, and he came out nowhere to beat up the Miz. Uh, Miz's buddy and send him packing through the crowd. This allowed Paul to hit a springboard forearm for a close two count. He then did the Shane bump, but with a frog splash through the announce table, it did look gorgeous. And then he hit the Miz with his own Skull Crush finale for the win. Uh, Gina... I know you're not a huge fan of Logan Paul, but what do you think of this match? I mean, yeah, the match went hard. I'm not going to lie. I I kind of was playing my PlayStation whilst watching this match because I wasn't massively interested. But I will kind of... <laughs> I will kind of backtrack and say, even though my PlayStation was on, I ended up having to pause my game because I was just too busy watching the match. Um, I was a little bit surprised because Logan Paul did look good. He was able to pull off quite a few moves that I wouldn't have actually 
thought he would be able to pull off. Um, I'm going through the table, fair play to him as well. So a bit of respect there, but that's about it. I don't like him. I don't really care to see him on Raw or SmackDown or a continued storyline. It was he, he gave a good match, but I'm not a fan still. So <laughs> no, without doubt, but he is putting in the work. And the important thing I think for this as well, he was more liked after the match than before. So this did its job. I mean, the Mislow must have the worst win-loss record as a W champion. I mean, even Jinder Mahal doesn't lose this often, you know? The Miz has made a career of I losing. I do feel sorry for the Miz. I really do. <laughs> Especially at the fact that, like, he was elevated as this big star at one point, and now he's here losing to noobs like Logan Paul. Well... I'm not showing my age, hopefully not. But if you'd have said to me when The Miz first started, he'd be trusted working these types of matches with celebrities, I wouldn't have believed you. But The Miz did call this like a true pro. The, Logan did check on Miz a bit too much. There was, I think, there was a, uh, like a net breaker and Logan just wouldn't let go of The Miz. And again, I don't mind it. You kind of seen behind the curtain, so to speak. Uh, but what would you score at Gina out of five? Um, I'll give it a three and a half. Fair enough. Jackson, what were your thoughts on this? And were you going to score it? I think uh, my sister had a a sort of right concept in mind. I I must admit, I have to eat my words. Uh, Logan Paul uh, did look good doing some of the moves. It wasn't, it, it looked like he had been training for this, you know, rather than it just being a celebrity that's just come in for this one off match. So, you know, he he definitely sort of did what he needed to do, but it was really hard for me to just, like, see him as a face. I just couldn't see him as a face. Um, I also am just, like, really feeling for The Miz. Like, that's all I kept thinking about in the matches. Like, The Miz is getting shown up by this YouTuber. That's all I kept on thinking. And I know that he's put the hard work in, but this is someone like The Miz. And as much as, you know, we all love to hate The Miz and like his heelish character, he's done so much for this business. So for him to be treated like this and just treated as a full-time jobber just doesn't really sit right with me. Mm. So it was quite a bittersweet win for me. Um, You know, I was kind of like, okay, fair play, Logan Paul, you actually showed us as the audience that you can wrestle, that you are working hard to show that you can wrestle, things like that. But on the other hand, I was like, nah, you did the Miz dirty, guys. What the hell? Letting him lose to the likes of Logan fucking Paul. Are you serious? It's... So, yeah. <laughs> what did you score it again? Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I didn't actually give it a score, but I'm, I'm going to be a bit harsh on this one because my my score is actually more based on the fact that you're actually making Miz a permanent full-time jobber, so this is a three for me. I just didn't even think the storyline worked for me, so... That's <laughs> all a different match. I don't know. Monty, what about you? <laughs> yeah, man. I think I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, uh, as far as the Miz go, let me get this out of the way first. I understand everyone's concerns about the Miz, but let me tell you what I think WWE thinks about the Miz. They believe the Miz is untouchable meaning he can lose all of these matches and the people will still, he will still be good enough to get under your skin for the next storyline because that's the way they use the Miz. The same thing goes for like Dolph Ziggler. You know, you wonder why Dolph is always inserted somewhere randomly because they feel like he could do anything. Like a tag team, top of the card, bottom of the card, they will put Dolph. And I think the Miz falls in that category also. 
So, uh, okay, but best... let, me, let me just uh, tell you this, uh, though, Monty, because the only reason I agree with that, but at the same time, it also kind of solidifies and confirms that people, that, that wrestlers like Dolph Ziggler and The Miz will never actually be, like, given, like, a, a, a full main title run, probably, ever. Yeah. So no, I'm not saying you're wrong. It kind of just no, you're that, you know? Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm just telling you their logic behind it. You're wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, that yeah. does yeah. limit what they can do. That does limit yeah. how people look at them. You're right. Mm. I'm just saying WWE look at them that way, so that's why they're kind of used like this. But anyway, yeah, that... the, the match itself. What'd you say? <laughs> okay. <Never mind. laughs> I'm just, I just said that yeah, that made sense, what you said. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. So the best gets way, very aggressive. in my opinion... <laughs> That was not aggressive. <laughs> that is not aggressive. Anyway, it could have been worse. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> the best way to get him over as a face, if you're going to believe it, trust me, I don't buy it either. Not a big fan of him at all. But as far as, like, who he is as a person. But there's a lot of wrestlers who are not the best people. We we found that out a lot recently. So, uh, but for as far as him being great, the only way to get him over as a baby face is to show him doing what they did in this match which is him being great in the ring, being against odds with Ciampa and Maurice being out there. And, uh, you know, of course, spots like the Frog Splash and other moments uh, like AJ coming to save him were all just techniques to try to make him look good and look and you know, have sympathy for him in a way. Uh, so, and then, as, as a matter of fact, the distraction from AJ Styles is also another technique to protect the Miz. Being like, ah, if it wasn't for AJ Styles doing this, uh, you know, Logan Paul would have never took advantage. Whatever. Stuff like that. Anyway, uh, the Frost Blast was beautiful. The ending wasn't bad to me. And the crowd, like you mentioned, James, ended up on his side. So I couldn't complain, man. I gave it four stars. Way yeah. better than I ever thought it was going to be. I gave it four as well. Like I said, it, it's it's a celebrity. You know, oh, it's whatever celebrity, whatever word you want to call him, you know, that's what it is. And this is the Mrs. Job. And and again, it shows you the trust they have in Miz because his losing record's terrible, but he will show up at Manias. If you've seen it, Corbin with, too, by the way. Exactly <laughs> that. We'll get onto that point. But you know, we talk about uh, with Bad Bunny and everything with Voldemort with the Miz. He's been yeah. trusted with Logan Paul as well, so it's his job. And he's the only heel that doesn't need to win the next night to get his heat back because that's how heelish <laughs> he is. He can lose two in a yeah. row. Uh, you know, and it doesn't matter. But like I said, four for me. Poll wise, Logan Paul seventy two percent of the vote. But Andy Gibson did say he can see the Miz winning. Then Monday on Raw, he'll cut a promo saying Logan Paul wasn't ready, so he sent him back to the performance center. Only theory, not Austin. I can think of as far as I'm aware, Paul isn't contracted for full time yet. And even though we did announce it, he did say now that he is looking uh, to be a full time in wwe uh prediction wise we all went paul so it's two oh, for goodness sakes really what? are you being serious what yeah is, is he actually legit gonna be like full time <laughs> i thought i got the shit yes. wrong oh. <laughs> no james seriously no yes i mean um, did it not like sort of occur to you on that Monday when we had when Logan Paul had the actual uh, what's it called um, thingy in, uh, the video? He sent a video into Raw, didn't he? I must yeah. have gone to the toilet. At You're that probably time playing PlayStation. I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that he confirmed that. <laughs> 
Well, I'm I, just going to sit here and sulk for the next few minutes. I well, I tell you something that will cheer you up. <laughs> if you want to see Mansoir and Marseille with the water bottles, for me, they are hilarious. <laughs> all right? That's the type of wrestling fan. I, people say, no, listen, I could watch that all day long. How kind of visual and visceral it was. And Max Dupree is still here. Does it get any better than that, Monty? <laughs> The, the beer's growing in. Maybe, maybe L.A. night before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. could be. We can hope. But I love a late, uh, stadium show as well with the night falling in the background. And this got me worried about Clash of the Castle because our, I'm not going to lie, are probably the highest tier. And I was looking at the seating map. And I'm worried. Monty, can you ask me a question? That canopy, uh, but you know that above the ring, they've got the thing that's obviously if it rains. But mm-hmm. how big and blocking is that? You know, if you're like really high up, will you actually see the ring at all? Um, you will. You still can see it depending on your angle. I think that all, it all depends on your angle. Um, you will still see the ring. They will probably look like dots depending on where you are. Uh, but it just depends on the situation. Uh, a lot of times, the further away I've been, I just use that that nice big screen. They usually got everything on the screen. Uh, too. So I think a lot of times, depending on where you are, a lot of people just rely on their screen. But for the for the most part, like from what I remember, it, I I had perfect line of sight, but I wasn't that high up. So uh, we'll have to see as far as like you know, depending on how high you are, how good the view is. But uh, yeah, from my experience, people use the screen. <laughs> but it's it's like still people get involved in that. You can still feel the atmosphere even from. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the chance and all of that. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I, yeah. I mean, You're still a part of the show. I've got plenty of time to freak out about it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of these things. Um, but we will move on to the US Championship match. Bobby Lashley versus Theory. And Bobby lit the stadium works. Jaxie, how fucking cool did Bobby Lashley look when he actually like grew muscles on muscles during that entrance? You know the way he lit the stadium up. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, definitely. He kind of just came across like an absolute beast. Like mm. even the way that they sort of cut um, from like his big, uh, almighty sort of three uh, D thing that they do straight to him, and he's kind of stood on that little podium at the top just before he walks off. He just looked. So much like a beast, I would have been shitting myself in in that ring if he was on his way to come beat down upon me, you know. Yeah. So, again, as much as I really would love to see Bobby Lashley back in the main title picture, I'm also not um, opposed to seeing him as the US champion because he he's. I'm hoping that he's going to really solidify it again and make it make it great, you know. Yeah, well, uh, on to the match. We saw Les- uh, Lashley. Posed in the corner, Ferry attacked him with his money bank briefcase. The champ said he could continue. Once the bell rang, the Almighty survived an onslaught of strikes and takedowns before he was able to recover. Ferry tried to leave the match at one point, but the champ wasn't having it. He threw him into the barricade a few times before getting him back in the ring. Uh, and then as Ferry tried, we saw this spot at Money in the Bank uh, where Ferry flipped back in and, and Lashley caught him in the gorilla press. I think SummerSlam wasn't impressive, but I don't know if that's just because. 
I saw it. What I did like is when he had him up for the, the gorilla press, let him go straight into the hurt lock to retain his championship. Like I said, Jaxie, he was beast mode in that match, wasn't he? He really was. Like, he did not lay up. He definitely was, like, sort of going for the kill, so to speak, you know? Um, I mean, at this point, Austin got ragged, and I was just kind of like, why you even thought that you had an opportunity, <laughs> that you had a chance to win your title back after what he already did to you before? I don't know. But this just definitely made Bobby Lashley look all kinds of good in the ring. So I was very pleased. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um <laughs> Like I said, the way that Bobby's relationship with the crowd, it's organic. You know, it's not been forced yeah. down people's throats. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's just come along. And even the past few months on Raw, and you go, but they've done, he's just been champion. They've not really done anything. He's not had like Braun Strowman type angles of doing lorries or, you know, driving vehicles mm-hmm. to the ring. It's just the connection that he's got. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And with with sort of like the, the storyline that he, he had before this with MVP, I think it's helped really kind of win the crowd out over to him. So as soon as that betrayal happened with him and MVP, it was almost like more people were like crowding behind him and wanting to see more of him. So, I mean, I'm happy with that. I thought this match was good. I gave it um, a three and a half. So it did what it needed to. Yeah, about that. Monty, what do you think of this match? Yeah, man, like you guys said, another display of how over Bobby Lashley just is, like you said, is natural. I think uh, I think his heel run, being the almighty WWE champion, set this up, too, because he's so believable now that it's so easy to root for him because you know how unstoppable he can be. And that's why he simply just has to be himself at this point, it seems like. And he's going to get the crowd behind him because it's just easy to root for a guy like that, especially when you have people like Theory who – no one likes right now. So, uh, <laughs> and he looked terrified half of the match. So he definitely just, this was pretty close to a squash, even though he had moments. Theory never really had a chance, though. The finish was executed perfectly uh, with the hurt lock se- the sequence. I liked how that was done. He tapped very fast. It was expected, but still satisfied. So three and three quarters. Yeah. Well, maybe self for the cash in later, maybe. We just don't know about it. Um, Gina, what what do you score? What do you score this match? Uh, I gave it three and three quarters as well. And also, I ask you a question because I got an email uh, talking about Bobby Lashley and, and his booking as US champ compared to Wardlow. Now, I think that's quite interesting because they are different uh, stages of their career. But basically, the email was just saying Bobby has been allowed to be US champ and go along, whereas we've hardly seen Wardlow. What would you say to that? I mean, I agree because it's not like they don't have the space because when Scorpio Sky had the belt, he had plenty of time to have matches and he did have plenty. So it's not like it's not like there isn't space for him to get that time. So I definitely would say that Bobby gets shown a lot more than Wardlow at the moment. Yeah, I would have to agree. And there's no excuse for it. You know, there's really not after the what Wardlow, you know, with the feud with MJF, and then it just he's kind of been affected by the MJF situation more than anybody. <laughs> so, uh, but as for the US title at the moment with Bobby, and as you said, Monty, apart from uh, like Drew McIntyre, or well, obviously apart from like Reigns, the big man, a match against Drew will be really interesting for Bobby because 
the, everybody else on the roster he beats. So that's the kind of level. Right. And I think Bobby will get cheered, that's what he cheered over Drew. Yeah, I think he'll get cheered over him. You know, because at the moment, I just, I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be interesting. But this match was three and three quarters out of five for me as well. Poll-wise, 85% went Bob. Predictions, we all went Bob. So three, nil, up, all of us. Straight into Judgment Day's entrance, which had new graphics that didn't make sense unless there is a higher power, which would be interesting to think who it could be. But at the moment, I think it's safe to say Ripley is the leader. As for the match, for some reason, even though it was a no DQ stipulation, they still were uh, just, normal tags. What's that just about? Just ticked me team? off, man. What, what, what's that? Just why? me off. Why? I was so mad. Like, why are we following regular tag rules if this is no DQ? Like, what's going on? Like, you shouldn't have to tag in. This should just be... I was expecting, a, like, a fast-paced war, so it really threw me off. <laughs> it really was really strange, but it had hey, some... Wait, that match was supposed to be no DQ? <laughs> yeah, it was. See? You, see? you didn't even know, exactly. I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> like when Rhea was getting herself involved at towards the end of the match, I genuinely was like, Wrath! <laughs> I didn't even know it was supposed to be no DQ. Oh my <laughs> Why were gosh. they tagging? <laughs> I can't believe that. No, Why were they tagging each other in and out? Like, surely a no DQ tag <laughs> match would be like tornado tag rules, like where there's no need to tag. This is Triple H. We were all cooking. Yeah. First complaint. First complaint. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it had the kind of spots you would expect with three high flyers and a powerhouse, so it was kind of fun. Um, it was structured, it didn't make much sense. Because once they stopped caring about tags, they were able to make it interesting. And of course, Edge returned mm-hmm. in the middle of the match, which always knows the match is going well. <sighs> uh, took out Balor and Priest, helping the Mysterio score the win. In the process, Monty the mullet done me. Uh, <laughs> Mysterio to get the win. Yeah, man. Uh, I was so mad at myself, man, because I called it. I literally said, I guess you just going two ways. This was the other way, which is Edge coming during the match. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but no, the whole DQ stuff threw me off too. Uh, they Judgment Day did look badass on the ramp together, though. By the way, at least at least they look nice. Uh, this was no DQ, so I was expecting a fast pace. Definitely was let down until Ray basically got the hot tag. Of course, he quickened the pace. And by the way, I just want to make this point. Ray Mysterio, I don't know if you understand this, but he's supposed to get worse with age. You know what I'm saying? He's supposed to get worse, but I don't think I don't think he gets that. Uh, he's just still so good. It's, it's incredible to see. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I was just frustrated myself that I called it and didn't go with the Mysterio. Judgment Day loses here. Uh, hell of a moment, though, for Edge. He looked awesome. Definitely looked badass in the comeback. So I gave it three and a half stars. The match was still solid, but damn. <laughs> I, I think it's prediction. the prediction's getting away because if you, like, obviously later I made a choice as well. But as right. like I said, if you make that choice, it kind of goes, you're thinking, why have I done it? But again, that's what is the difference, you know? And it's like, why did none of us see, like you mentioned, why did none of us say Edward? It made sense. It's no DQ right. match. It's just, I watched Raw, the Mysterio's one and thought, that never happens, does it? And again, it's the old right. style of booking 
that threw me out. So I kind of... Mm. And the other thing as well, and I'll ask you this, Monty, do you think Balor and Priest were annoyed? Because obviously when you get the timing, you get the entrance and the match, you know, you say you get 10 minutes for both. I mean, with Ray faffing about a ringside, I mean, surely they have less match time. So, <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, don't get me wrong. I love Ray's interaction with the crowd, but after like five minutes, and it's a long way down, you're thinking, we've got like two minutes of a match before Edge makes his fucking entrance. <laughs> Another reason why the pacing of the beginning of the match made no sense. <laughs> because they wasted all their time and still was moving. Uh, you know, methodically. So it was, it was weird. It was all weird, honestly. But yes, if I'm Priest and Finn, I would definitely be just a little bit. He's a legend, so not too much, but just a little bit irked. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you something, though, I will never get tired of Ray Ripley throwing Dom about uh, Jackson. What about Ripley <laughs> being the true leader? And what would you score the match? <laughs> All right, um, Rhea ragging Dom about was so funny. I was like, Dom is never going to live this down. He just got beat up by a girl. And like, it was like, not like an embarrassing beat down. Like she full on beat him. So good luck trying to, you know, pick yourself back up after that. (laughs) Um, Again, I feel like you guys touched on some really good points there. Personally, I wasn't as excited to see Edge's return. I knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. Like the video packages were really leaning towards it being Edge's return and things like that. But now hear me out. This might be a bit of a, a unpopular opinion, but I wouldn't have had Edge return at SummerSlam. We had just had Bailey return alongside EO and uh, Dakota turning up in, in the first match in the, of, of that event. I would have saved Edge's return for Monday Night Raw the day after. That's what I would have done, would personally. You, you... I felt like it would have had more of an impact, but I also felt like it could have given the Judgment Day a chance to win because I feel like ever since they kicked Edge out their group, they've become such a fucking <laughs> joke. It's actually reminding me of, what's that other group? That, that Mustafa Re- Ali Retribution pick one. Oh, Retribution, retribution. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say pick one <laughs> yeah. Nexus so like, I, I couldn't help but feel like they're just turning into like another faction like that and you know they, they definitely are still wanting to do stuff with Judgment Day especially with Edge calling them out like sort of on Monday night and stuff like that however I just felt like you know the audience would have like just taken Judgment Day as a faction, a little bit more seriously if they got this win, but they've just been on a losing streak this whole time, and like now Edge is going to come and finish them off, bruv. They've already been losing. Well, you didn't add too much. You only had to like interfere in one match, but before that, like they were either taking out this, like from my point of view, like small fry. They weren't taking out anyone big. Do you see what I mean? So. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing because I felt like Edge's return should have been on Monday, and I felt like that would have impacted the uh, like Judgment Day a lot more. At the same time, I felt it was a great match, and Edge looked great coming back. So I can't complain about that. Right, a couple of things I want to say. Oh. First off, do you think it might have been better because the Square Garden is where he was going to come back the Raw before SummerSlam to make his appearance? Mm. Do you think that might have been a little bit better with the kind of pop he got? And also... Yeah, what are you going to score it? Um, potentially, like him coming back just before would have made for some interesting content because if if he had come back 
just before, then it would have been more like, oh, the Mysterios have got Edge on their side. Uh, wonder what's going to happen here. And then that would have been the best time to turn Dom and have Dom join the Judgment Day, you know? So that would have worked really well. Oh, um, but then, he, Sorry, but I'm interrupt, but even have Ripley there starting on Edge and then then going, I'm not going to touch her, but she will. And then Beth Phoenix comes down to beat the shit out of her. Oh, my know? God, that would have been sick. That would have been so sick. Like, we all know Beth has done it before. And I really don't mind if Beth wants to just come back and have the odd match here and, and like, every now and again. I, I really wouldn't be mad at that. So either, either way of those two outcomes would have been perfect. I just I just feel like a little bit depleted for the faction of Judgment Day. Because I felt like there was they they really had something with this group um, before Edge had you know been kicked out. Then they booted Edge out, and I was like, okay, please don't lose the momentum with this faction. And then they did exactly that. So it, it, it was a little disappointing, you know. Um, but again, the match itself was good, and the pop that Edge got when he returned, it wasn't like you know he didn't have a pop at all. I just felt like it would have been like a bigger pop if he either had returned just before SummerSlam or just after. So, um, and I'll score, I'm, I'm going to give it a, a four for the score. Four for you. Uh, Gina, we, we talked about Edge making his appearance. And of course, before he had the purple light, he left as the Untaker and returned as Kane. Uh, what, what did you think of what Edge looked like? And obviously, what was your score? I mean... I, I laughed at first, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what I was laughing at, though. I think I was expecting, like, old-school Edge, and I just got this Terminator-looking Edge coming out. I don't know. I just found it very it funny. It was the haircut. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did laugh, but obviously I was so happy that he was able to return. But I did actually mention to my sister as well, I was like, well... If Edge comes back, I want him coming back with Beth and Beth, like, taking Rhea out. Mm. So I did kind of, I as soon as I saw Edge, I was kind of like, where is she? Where is she? Like, excited to see her, but we didn't get it. So um, it was still, it was a good match. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think I was actually a little bit more interested in the Logan Paul match than this, though, which is really bad. Shit. But, like, <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, I just... I just think that wow. I was more focused on my game during this match. So I was just like, okay, I didn't even realise what was happening. So, yeah, I, I'll give it a three and a half, but that, that's I don't, just my I don't opinion. think that's the match's fault. But then again, I will say I'm going to give that a three and a half as well. Poll-wise, Judgment Day, 77%. People thought Judgment Day would win. <laughs> We all went Judgment Day as well, so we all lose. It's free, <laughs> 3-0, uh, 3 out of 4, which, as Meatloaf said, wasn't bad. Of course, we had yeah. four Royal I genuinely am wondering to myself, I need to go back and re-listen to our live podcast, because why did we all choose Judgment Day? Because we're fucking idiots. Like, did, did none of us <laughs> We're picking with our hearts. It's going to make his comeback. Like, none of we us. We all people... wanted Judgment Day to be serious and take, be taken more seriously. Yeah. And we got that through back now. Triple H booking. Triple H booking again. I cannot believe. Uh, that Triple H screwed up my perfect score. <laughs> so we had four Raw matches to start. Cole had the other four for SmackDown. But why did Corey have to stay? Uh, Pat had the audacity to miss commentary because he was wrestling, and he was wrestling next against Happy <laughs> Corbin. Pat McAvey, 
as I'm going to call him from now on. Uh, he had a choir singing bum-ass Colburn over and over before his actual entrance music started. After Corbin shoved in, McAfee unlocked Cork to superkick to get the action going. The bout was taken out of the ring within a minute, so it's not going to be a typical match. They were trying to make it look like a fight. Uh, McAfee backflipping off the top rope, and to take a drop kick from Corbin was nice. Baron went to the desk and did commentary and pushed Cole. And at that point, I was looking for a sweetie jar for Mocha Cole to use. Uh, McAfee hit a senton from the top rope to the floor, which could have ended in disaster because he looked like he was pissed. But after the referee was taken out for a moment, McAfee hit a low blow, followed by a sunset for the win. Uh, Gina, what did you think of this? Sorry, say again. I didn't hear that. What do you think Which, of the match? What do I think of the match? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, <laughs> not much to say. I enjoyed it much more than the previous match. So that was for sure. And well, it's positive. It's positive. <laughs> it's a... like, uh, I definitely feel like a like Pat had a better match at, at WrestleMania, but I don't think it was personally like his fault or anything like that. I thought the match was good, but I just thought the match at Mania was a bit more exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. This, is, this is not pretty, but it wasn't bad, was it? You know? No. I don't know why I just, I thought, I don't know why I went with the choice I did. I I kind of had a feeling that, I, I think it's because I thought if um they were going to continue the feud still. So for me, I just felt like Happy was going to get away. But, what, yeah, I would, it was fine. What would um, you score it out of five? Um, I'll, I'll give that one, like, three and three quarters. Not too bad. Monty, what did you think of this one? Pat up versus Happy. <laughs> yeah, uh, McAfee is just good. You know, and the fact that he's so fun to watch, even with the not much experience, even with it being sloppy, he still got got through that match with everyone being safe. And even if it looked rough at times, he even got, you know, he still got through it and everything worked, uh, you know, to the way he wanted it to do. It wasn't the prettiest wrestling in the world. But again, he's only had you know what one or two. He's only had two matches before this, so uh, you know I thought he was great when you think when you consider all of that. The the underrated great best part to me of this match, and I usually don't pay them no mind, but Michael Cole and Corey Graves were great on commentary. Like they were obviously biased. Like you know, of course Corey with Corbin and Michael Cole. You know, like you mentioned earlier, standing up for McAfee. And uh, just, you know, I'll talk about Michael Cole more later because his energy the entire night was great. But, uh, you know, this was uh, this wasn't bad at all. I gave it, I actually loved this, believe it or not. So I gave it four stars. I was high on this match. Well, the thing is, even Michael Cole mentioned in when Corbin went around the ring post, he said, oh, that's like Big Boss Man at SummerSlam. Kind of, you yeah. Know, and I just thought, we're not hearing that enough. And Michael kind of wants to talk about even a TLC reference, like I said, later on, uh, when talk about it just yeah, kind of little things that come about uh the, my problem with pat wrestling uh, it depends the stakes for it and diminishing returns we know he can work we've seen that now uh with theories kind of more shit else there was no doubt well again gene i'm not having to go but we all thought pat was going to be corbin but now you wonder what's next for pat and again it's interesting because maybe they could have done more with Corbin interaction with Cole, or maybe they'll do it next time. You know, whoever fancies it uh, with McCaffrey. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Someone's going to attack Michael. Probably that would be the main yeah. setup, wouldn't it? I, I mean, yeah. that's my kind of uh, assumption on that. I didn't mind it. I gave it three and three quarters out of five. Jackson, what would you score it? 
Yeah, I gave this match a three and a half. Like I said, um, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was quite good. And I think that, you know, again, Corbin just proves that he can work with anyone and still pull off a decent match. Like every match he has is decent and it's because of the way that he works with people. So it's really great to see that. Again, I don't feel like it was the uh, Pat's best match. I, I still believe his Mania match was uh, against Austin Theory was better. Uh, but that being said, I enjoyed it. So I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah, I will say about that as well. I like to talk about Corbin being a pro, and he's such a safe worker. And they say in WWE, people that work with him, he's just he's one of the best out there. But maybe that's what's missing from it a little bit with an aggressive side. And kind of, you know, when you think about people like, you know, Vader, they didn't give a fuck about their opponent. Let's have a wrestlers yeah. that don't. And with Corbin, it's like, but again, he will be put in situations like this because then he can know he can be trusted and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Miz and Corbin team up in a year's time or where it is but they've got one for <laughs> Raw and one for Smackdown at this moment um, but poll wise Pat got 85% of the vote predictions we all went Pat apart from Gina so it's four, 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 three. we then saw highlights from Smackdown where of course Drew McIntyre became the number one contender for the Universal Championship and we'll face Reigns at the Clash of the Castle on September 3rd. I did tell you, I mentioned it a lot, Monty. McIntyre was introduced to the crowd. He did a promo saying he loves this place because it was the home of a new number one contender. Drew moved there with his wife fairly recently. He talked about finally having his shot. He joked that Roman Reigns versus Lesnar was for the first time ever. He asked the kid his name and said, uh, started getting cheer in front of Colt. I hate you, Colt. That should have been me. Uh, Drew said he didn't care who's going to win because he's going to beat their ass and win the Universal Championship at Clash at the Castle. You damn right he will. And then held up his sword and the stadium lit with fireworks. I love this. Monty McIntyre's going to beat Reigns and we're going to. I'm going to see see McIntyre do this. How great was Drew here? What a face! This was awesome. Also, it felt this felt like uh, you know. I've I've read since then that you know uh, creatively going forward the wrestlers will be allowed to give more promo like just that are not reading lines it just felt like something that was just raw and straight from Drew so I loved it it's fair I, I want to say you guys may not get this but as an American football fan just so hilarious to look listen to Nashville Tennessee yell chant Colt if you don't know an American football Tennessee Titans is the team that play there. Their biggest rival is the Indianapolis Colts. I just thought it was very funny that you had a bunch of Titans fans <laughs> chanting out Colts repeatedly. But anyway, besides that, uh, this was awesome. Like you said, Drew felt like a big deal. I love that it was kind of like getting prepping up the next card. How many times we, they've done that already yeah. have stuff set? Like, you know, it just gave me vibes of back in the day when we kind of used to sometimes have things set up ahead of time before it would even be, you know, a, a whole pay-per-view ahead of time. I got a whole nother month to build, and they're already telling us and getting us hyped for the next one. I love that. It was, this was well done. Awesome. Yeah. The whole point, yeah, we hope WWE has a plan. You know, they've got a year story. Yeah, yeah we're they, they look at it and go, well, this is what we paid for you. Because, like I said, otherwise our predictions are pointless. If they're looking at it and going, do you know what? Let's change this just before the show. Then... How is there any kind of like cohesive booking for it? Uh, but we do move on with Jeff Jarrett. That is J double F J A double R E double T making his entrance as a special guest referee. Uh, and Michael Cole made me feel old, 
by saying the last time the special guest referee match at SummerSlam was Jesse the Body Ventura, which was my first SummerSlam back in 1999, which is about 23 years ago. Um, but we moved on to undisputed tag titles, Usos versus the Profits. So the Profits made their entrance, some gear paying tribute to the NFL's Tennessee Titans, also joined by some Titans cheerleaders. Um, this was a good entrance, there's no doubt about it. And the match started off with the Usos taking control of Dawkins, but Jarrett was doing a good job making sure the champ didn't double-team too much. First several minutes had a much slower pace than maybe anybody expected. Usos spent a lot of time showboat, uh, but once Ford tagged in, business started to pick up. We saw bigger spots from both teams, and the energy continued to rise. Ford was so close with a splash after Double J caught a super kick from Jay, but the Usos were able to take out Ford by throwing him into the crowd. At that point, I thought, I'm fucked. Because it was so close. that The splash where Ford came down, and I thought, if you just a second quicker. Uh, but as soon as he's thrown out, I thought, that is it. And it was at the 1D. And I'll say a lot of people wanted the profits here. None so more than me, maybe. Uh, but Jaxie, what do you think of this match? I mean, the match was amazing. I have to just actually say that back when we were discussing this match on the live podcast, uh, I had just sort of mentioned like why Jeff Jarrett was like even laughing this. I have to admit that he really called it down the middle. I thought we were going to get some tomfoolery with him and he really kind of stayed neutral. And I respected the way that he sort of stood up for himself as a referee, but also played it, you know, very down the middle and and tried not to show any bias towards either team. That being said, I still don't understand why why they needed a special guest referee and why (laughs) it had to be Jeff Jarrett. Like, it still doesn't make no sense to me. And like, Again, this isn't meant to be sort of like a race thing, but you had like two sort of like teams that considered men of color. Why couldn't you have put one of the uh, one of the men of color referees in there? Why couldn't you have put a black referee in there? Well, you know, it just felt really like out of place to have Jeff Jarrett of all people, especially knowing what we were getting in the main event. What and we had a special guest commentator. Why wasn't Booker T the referee for this match? Can I just, in Jeff Jarrett's defence, please, in yeah. Jeff Jarrett's yeah. at Money in the Bank, uh, Ford's shoulder was up and the referee missed it, correct? Yes, correct. Well, SummerSlam, Jeff Jarrett, like I said, called it down the middle and didn't miss mm. anything. There was no mistake, so he did his job. Should it have been someone else? Well, yes. Who's more surprised? Jeff Jarrett probably as surprised as anybody when he heard his yeah, name probably. Called. I'm not. I'm not bad mouthing him, by the way, because I'm giving him credit. He he really did like uh, call it down the middle. He did really well as a referee. I just don't understand why he was picked when he's a Hall of Famer, and not shortly after this, we got another Hall of Famer who probably would have just had more, like, it would have just made more sense, considering it was, like, his hometown as well. Booker T, like, having an active, avid role in SummerSlam, it would have made sense. So, yeah, it, it really confused me. That being said, the match itself was great. I mean, the Usos and the Street Profits worked so well together. We've all seen that countless times. Um, but their their matches just always hit hard, you know? You can tell that 
all four of these men just really go all out with one another because the trust is there. And it's just amazing to see because this is why I love tag team wrestling, to, to see not only sort of the unison between those tag teams, but then the unison with each other and their opponents. And yeah, it was a really, really great match. Uh, there was so many sort of shock turns. You really didn't know who was going to win. So I enjoyed it. Um, I'll give that a four and a half. Four and a half. Gina, what about you? Yeah, I gave it a four and a half as well. I really enjoyed the match. Again, we see the we've seen this match countless times, but I never seem to grow bored of these teams because they are just so good and they're so committed to putting on a great match. And it is hard because there are they they do fluctuate between both of them in terms of who's going to win and the Street Profits going to win and the Usos going to win because you can never tell. They're just so back and forth all the time. I gave it four and a half because it was really good and I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I was annoyed at the special ref because I wanted two out of three falls originally. Tony Khan heard my idea and made that Briscoes and FTR. So why couldn't we have done, you know, on the 22nd anniversary? Two out of three falls. That would have been good. Well, let's say, 22 years after the first one, why didn't they have profits... Versus Usos in a TLC match. They've been, been quite simple. And I think with... Oh, like James, said, you're teasing us now with, <laughs> with the what ifs. Now I want that. <laughs> what Why did we get TLC? God damn it. <laughs> the two teams can't have a bad match, but a better gimmick match. I mean, I don't know. Monty, am I being harsh? I didn't think it was as good as Money in the Bank. But then again, their Money in the Bank match was a match of the year. I yeah, as I said, Money in the Bank was an instant class. Yeah. So no, it wasn't. It wasn't that, and it wasn't going to be that with that stipulation. Like you said, it's going to have to take something like a TLC or a two out of three falls, type, something to add, um, you know, higher stakes. That that was the only way you can basically top that because that was as good as you can get just for a regular title defense. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm with you guys about the special referee. It never really made sense, but I didn't have a problem like you mentioned, James with Jared, Jared uh, only because he, he did do uh, what he was meant to do. I honestly don't see how you guys missed it, though, uh, or at least have just didn't mention it. Like, Montez Ford temper cost him this match. Like, you know, um, Jared did his job, yeah. and he got very angry very for no reason. And then as soon as that anger, as soon as he got angry, they lost his mind. The Usos took advantage, went on their last little uh, spree of attacks. And they won their, their their belts back because they were the more together team. And looking the way Montez looked after that match, looking all dejected, yeah. it just seems like the profits are not here for the long haul. So all these classic matches you guys are pitching are great, but the profits probably won't be together to have them uh, going forward based off a lot of the body language and all of that after this match. I thought that was excellent. Do you know what worries me about that, Montez? Do you know what worries me about that? Is mm-hmm. that, you know, like we could see a, a great, uh, singles run for Montez, but I'm really worried that Angelo Dawkins is going to get sort of like mm-hmm. sidelined from from this if they do decide to split them up. And I'm kind of not ready for that. I'm I'm really not it ready. Depends on, it depends on how they handle it. Like it, it can be yeah. handled properly. I think a lot of people can already see it. And I think since people have been talking about this for so long about Montez, a genius mm-hmm. way to do it is to definitely have Angelo be the one to split them up and make him be. Jealous, like uh, immediately yeah. jealous. Like you guys have been 
talking about Montez and focus on him so much just because he can jump high and all that. Well, yeah, I was yeah. the premier athlete. I was the better profit. He cost us the tag titles. Like I'm saying, they got plenty of ways they can go to make and possibly make Angelo credible going forward. Uh, True. If they, depending on, what, on how they book it. But anyway, yeah. I thought the match ended up being excellent stuff. I gave it four in uh, a quarter. Uh, it wasn't money in the bank. Like I said, instant classic, but it was still damn good. And of course, I, the Usos retained, so I was definitely happy to get a bonus for that. Fuck you. I had to stab you, Jay. Sank my throat. I got sank my throat and sank in my back. I gave it a four and a quarter as well. Like we said, Billy, the far away stare from Ford. And like you said, Monty, you hit the nail on the head with the way the match ended up as well. But Ford's stare is not a good sign, you know, for the team in the long term. Um, Poll-wise, 50-50 on this one. Couldn't split them. Uh, predictions, well, I, I stepped up, all right? I was the one that wanted... The, I mean, imagine that crowd in that stadium <laughs> if the Prophets had won. They would have gone banana, as Pat Patson would say, you know? But I did go Street Prophets. The rest, the rest, went Usos. So it means... Um, Gina and I are on four points each, and Jackson and Monty are on five. And there is no one left in the tag division. We then see Kid Rock doing what Kid Rock does. Um, but Oh, fair- my God, that was so awkward. <laughs> fair play to her. She fucking yeah. went for it. She was like, this is my oh. moment. <laughs> yeah, she was like, this, is, this literally was my moment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I. I. I can't even like. I. I had to just go and um make myself another drink or something. That is something I never need to see again. I don't. I really don't. I really should yeah. have rewatched. I'm just the Amer- embarrassed American here. <laughs> <laughs> um, embarrassed American. That's all I have to say. It's not good. But, it's okay. Um, don't worry, Monty. You're part. You're part English uh, from the UK. Don't worry. Gotcha. Honorary British. You got a British yeah, connection. Honorary. Yeah. <laughs> well, we see Matt Riddle making his way down to ringside uh, for a promo as the fans obviously cheered him. He wasn't medically cleared to compete, but his best bro, Randy, always told him not to take crap from anybody. Rollins, um, he then told Rollins to get out here. Uh, Seth did, as the doctors at ringside telling Riddle to get out of there. Uh, Riddle met Rollins in the old and went to the ring with Riddle, getting a few kicks, and Rollins hit Riddle with forearms to the head, and then the stomp. Cole was screaming about how it could break Riddle's neck, uh, which, again, Michael Cole really, really selling this. The crowd was humming Seth's theme song as Rollins left the ring, um, as Riddle uh, was called stupid as well by Seth. Uh, but this felt. Can I, just, um, can I just quickly say shout out to Michael Cole because he sounded yeah. like my goddamn mother when he was shouting, he's going to break his goddamn neck. <laughs> like, honestly, I just heard my mother's voice saying it and the amount of times she would ask me and my sister, stop wrestling, stop fighting, you're going to break each other's necks. And I was like, thank you, Michael Cole, for reminding me of us when we were younger wrestling and almost breaking our damn necks. <laughs> I think about that, you know, I, I think. Um... But what I was going to say about this, this felt very takeover. A Triple H showing there's other ways to keep yeah. the crowd sweet and not yeah. using filler matches, you know, like we, we 
it's it's even like the person in the crowd at a takeover just gives chance, you know, to people kind of recollect yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but again, interesting setting it up. It looks like we will get, uh, well, maybe get Seth versus Riddle at the Clash at the Castle. But one match we did mm-hmm. get a SummerSlam the co-main event was the SmackDown women's title, Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. And I tell you something, there was an epic promo video for this. And in the first time in ages, it was actually deserved. Because when you think about Liv actually winning Money in the Bank, actually cashing it in, and then the build-up here, it was really, really good stuff. And then we got to the match. Well, Morgan tried to be aggressive right away, but running knee and a quick throw from Rousey put her in a driver's seat. The champ hit a series of punches and kicks, but one kick from Ronda was enough to take her down. Every time Rousey tried to apply the armor, Morgan seemed to have a counter or escape. The challenger did a great job looking more frustrated every time she did not succeed. Uh, Morgan ended up pinning Rousey whilst tapping out at the same time to an armbar. But since the ref only saw the pin, the champion was declared the winner. Uh, Ronda then lost it and attacked both her rival and the ref and actually got the biggest pop of the match. Um, Monty, with this one, I don't think the crowd knew what to do. I mean, cheer lit. Answer, but I mean, what do you think? A five minutes match, yeah, definitely uh, way too uh short. And uh, but at the same time, uh, you can tell they kind of maybe they got cut with time, not really sure, but uh, you could just tell, like you said, the crowd didn't really know should we lean more towards one lady or the other, uh, you know, and. It wasn't a wrestling clinic, but I did see the story they wanted to tell. You know, they wanted to showcase Leo's toughness because she survived. She was in the arm bar most of the well, five minutes, I guess. <laughs> she was in the arm bar, like holding on for a while. And, uh, you know, still have they still wanted Ronda to look strong in this situation. But they, I think we all knew that Leo was probably going to retain. So I don't know if they really knew how they were going to do it. Uh, but honestly, the, another thing to me that kind of like the match seemed off. But another thing to me about this match is that uh, the referee's mistake made Ronda feel justified, even when she started beating up the refs. <laughs> like the mistake, because you know Ronda ended up being no, she definitely tapped out before the three came down, just because you missed it. So uh, it was like, okay, so now Liv still has a lot more to prove. So again, I was wondering what what we doing, but with that finish, I knew. That, okay, this will continue down the line or whatever. But I also knew that if she's attacking referees, Ronda's probably going to get suspended. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you well, see the, what happened. Three, three and a quarter. The thing is, <laughs> Liv did tap before three. She tapped on yes, two. Like literally, yeah. right, right. Yeah, it was clear. It wasn't it's even not, that close. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. But on the positive side, I hear Double J is available as a referee if if we ever do need. <laughs> We do need to sort this out. Um, one thing for me. Uh, I mean, he's got the experience. <laughs> what would you score this, Monty, out of five? Yeah, I, I, like I said, wasn't much of a match. Got cut short for time. Three and a quarter is what I'll give it. You, you know, uh, they tried. Uh, they did the best they could with what they were given. But, uh, you know, Liv Morgan's still champion, so I can't complain. Well, this, I put thank fuck Liv retained. Um, Gina, what did you think of this? Yeah, I thought the match was good. Um, I did, I did enjoy it because, again, as we all know, we didn't really get a proper match between them. 
for Liv to win it the first time round. So it was, I was excited for the match. I didn't expect it to go on for long, but yeah, um, I was, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with it because I was kind of worried that the crowd were going to turn on Liv in that moment because of the tap just before the ref got to three. So I was a little bit worried that the crowd were maybe going to slightly turn on Liv and I don't think it was like a heel move. So, um, yeah, hopefully, like, going forward, she'll they'll be able to, like, pull off this next arc of Liv's um, championship reign and it'll continue to go well. But um, I also was a little bit disappointed, I'd say, just slightly with the match. So I did give it a three and a half. I think the thing for me is that I'm not sure what to expect from a Ronda Rousey match in WWE. I watched her run in UFC and that's where she had, like I said, the notoriety and where she got found and stuff like this. But as for a WWE match, I'm not sure. I didn't mind this in a way because it did feel more like a UFC fight. If anybody has seen Rondu, it is just going for arm bars against an opponent that she can <laughs> out-wrestle yeah. do and kind of get it done it's that. quick too. Exactly, five-minute rounds. But the problem is, it is WWE, it is SummerSlam, it is wrestling. And it's like, I just don't know. And the thing is, for me, hopefully a Hill Rousey versus a face Lynch must be the end game at some point. But my only worry is don't yeah. sacrifice Liv. Um, Jackson, what do you think of this match? Because it was a weird one to rate. Yeah, uh, I I have to agree that um, it, it it was a weird one for me. I I feel like I put a lot of pressure on this match to to like, and it shouldn't. And I you know hold my hands up. I shouldn't have put too much pressure on this match to be as big and on a similar caliber level to Becky and Bianca. So I think that that was my fault for putting too much pressure on this match being something similar. You know, um, not saying that both of the women involved in this match couldn't have had as great a match as Becky and Bianca. But firstly, like you've all pointed out, we didn't really get the, the, the right amount of time that I feel like should have been invested in this match. But secondly, because of the, the, the storyline wasn't really there, to me, this was just more like a, a rematch. Um, it it was more the case of I felt like, you know, there could be some sort of creative way that Liv would win, but, like, we wouldn't be getting, like, Ronda getting it back straight away. Um, and I think the thing that saved this was Ronda turning, going heel. Um, because otherwise I would have felt like this match was, like, if it had, if she hadn't gone heel, right, I feel like I would have bad-mouthed this match even more for making Liv look that, sort of weak compared to Ronda that she can only win like this sort of way because you got to think this is her first title defense really um at a fir- her first pay-per-view um since she she won it at money in the bank so i, I would have thought they would have just you know given a lot more time to this match so i feel like i was a bit disappointed but then kind of also they gave us that Ronda Hill turn. So I kind of also was like intrigued to see where this was going to go. Um, so for me, again, it was a really hard one to to uh, put a um, point to. But I've, I've, I've gone with a three because I don't feel like there was a lot of wrestling in that match to actually judge it that way. Um, and I felt like it kind of did what it needed to do. And then that was it. it. It felt like more like it was just there just to be able to turn Ronda Hill, not to showcase either of their abilities, you know? 
yeah, it was going to be interesting what happens. I'll give it a three and three quarters out of five, but like I said, very diverse when it comes there. Poll-wise, Morgan with 57%. Predictions, we all went live. So it is 6-6-5-5. Then we had Kane or Glenn Jacobs lying about the attendance. But to his credit, he is full of shit on social media as well. So I guess that kind of balances it out uh, when it comes there. But the main event of the night was the last man standing match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar for the Unsputed Universal Championship. Now, Monty, before this match started, did you... I mean, guys, we're all in this together. We've seen plenty of Brock versus Reigns match. Did you think it was going to turn out to be like the most craziest thing we've ever seen? I knew they had to do something different, but I had no way in hell... I was no way in hell prepared for what was to come. Like, I knew they had to do something different because they've done it so many times, but, yeah, I had no way of knowing. I really could could not have actually told you guys. No, do you know what? I feel like Brock is going to turn up with a tractor. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just uh, this match from beginning to end, for me, just I could not take my eyes off of it because I was worried I was going to miss something. This match was so good. And I didn't think they would be able to be this creative. As Monty said, like, we've seen this match quite a few times now. So the level of creativity just went up to, like, 100, you know? It was unbelievable. Like I said, Lesnar. He lets the driver tractor with a front end loader on it to the ring and he posed in a scoop as he gave his own introductions. There are many things I thought I would never see. <laughs> Brock casually driving a tractor is one of them. As Reigns waited, the Beast of Carlet jumped onto him to get the match going. Uh, I should say as well, actually, because I saw a replay of it um, afterwards and of course we've got to talk about it. Roman Reigns catching the microphone. As Brock threw the mic, Reigns with an easy catch and a win. Oh, he did it perfect. <laughs> right, I'm not going to lie. James, that was so fucking hot. Already just making the women dribble from catching a microphone here. <laughs> it was unbelievable stuff. It really, really was. Um, but as Brock dived off, they immediately went out the ring and began using whatever they could find to do more damage. We went to the crowd, used parts of the set, uh, lots and lots of weapons. Is it anything else you can think to inflict more punishment? Um, these two, th- this is so chaotic. It was unbelievable. The crowd were on its feet the whole time. And you know if you've got them in the match when they do not want to sit down to miss anything. Uh, the amount of tables that were ringside as well with FIFA Reigns or Lesnar going through. And then Lesnar used a tractor to lift up one side of the ring to send Reigns tumbling out onto the floor. I mean, to talk about a visual. I mean, Stone yeah. Cold did lots of crazy stuff, but I can't remember him <laughs> li- lifting the ring. Like, the ring. It's just... What? It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and that was at the end of it. As the ring sit standing there, the Usos came out to attack the Beast. He took out both brothers. I think Jimmy, or it might have been Jay, straight on his head as well. And then <laughs> Paul Heyman yeah. with an F5 for the announce table. Now, there are many things I thought I would see in my life. 
but Paul Heyman getting F5 through it. I was fucking laughing. Theory then made an appearance, but luckily was taken out by Lesnar almost <laughs> immediately. Rain that cracked me up too. Like he ran. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. And Brock's just like, no, oh, you I'm haven't. Not like, <laughs> nope. I, I choked on my wine like twice in like the space of like 30 seconds from that F5. And then Austin Theory just like coming in looking like he was about to cash in and then just got brought up by Brock. Like, sit down, Austin. This yeah. ain't your fight. <laughs> I, just, I remember, I just remember screaming in your ear, Jackson. Like, no, Austin. No, I'm not having James get this. No, no. <laughs> I was just screaming, thank you, Derek Cash in. As soon as Brock came in and just grabbed him, I was like, yes, Brock. <laughs> I, I, I was literally sat there screaming for Roman all night. My neighbours must have thought I was up to something really not good because I'm screaming <laughs> Roman's name all night. Then I'm screaming no to Austin Theory. Then I'm screaming yes, Brock. Like it was just a it, it was just a roller coaster of emotions in such a short space of time. <laughs> well, this, is, this is the thing you say. We don't think about the neighbours. My neighbours must have thought I was having a mental breakdown with the crying and the laughing <laughs> and the shouting and just everything. It's like <laughs> We also just go back to the Paul Heyman F five because like he sounded like his his mother, right? Chastising him, poking at him. And then the minute that Brock picked him up, he was like, Brock, no, no. Like, you know, as if to be like to a dog, like, no, no. It was <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It's the way he bounced off and it's just like fucking hell. But again, an interesting little uh, carrier as it was in that when Heyman was telling Brock and saying, no, he's my tribal chief, he's my meal ticket now. And it's interesting to think, will Heyman do the same to Roman? Maybe, maybe with theory if they want to do that. But again, this match was fucking mental. Gina, this might be one of the greatest WWE main events I've ever Yeah, I mean, this this match just went hard. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Again, we were all expecting kind of the same mold, and I was just stuck to the screen from beginning to end. It was it was so great, and I was wondering how they were going to end this. Like, how are they going to end this? That hasn't been the same as everything else. Obviously, the ring going up and the fact that Brock didn't bring the tractor back down made me think, right, well, they're not doing anything else in the ring, so it's going to end on the outside <laughs> for sure. Because I just don't see how he's going to be able to bring that back down and they wrestle on that safely anymore. So um, the the whole piling and just chucking stuff on top of him was just brilliant. And um, I, I'm so happy that the Usos turned up to help. I'm not going to lie. I was screaming, saying, where are my twins? Where are my twins coming to help Because <laughs> he just would not stay down. It was just, it was crazy. It was such a good match and I really enjoyed it. So, Go yeah, I mean... It was. Sorry, I said it was unbelievable match. It really was. Yeah, for sure. And like for for a lot of the uh, premium live events this year, I have to say this is definitely like one of the best main event matches that we've seen. So we're gonna give it out of five. Oh, I'm gonna give it. I, I'm gonna give this a five as well. Yeah, I've got, I might do a Meltzer and give it six. But um, like let's talk about it here. Even the bit where Brock. Drove, drove it in to the ring to begin with and moved the ring a few feet and it up against the announce table. And Michael Cole was going like, Corey, watch yourself. You're going to kill yourself. Like, 
what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you said, Monty, Michael Cole went fucking 90s JR yes. on this bitch. Oh, he? he wasn't playing. Oh, my God. He was on top of it, man. And you don't understand. Michael Cole, for years, he has never literally, he's, for, for the longest, he's never said word for word something I was thinking while watching the show. And at the end of that match, when Brock left, <laughs> was, the countdown was at the end, and Michael Cole was just like, damn it, Brock, please stay down. <laughs> oh. oh, I just loved it. I was just like, yes, we're all begging for this to be over, Michael Cole. You're right on the money. And he was just on point, man, the entire match. He was on point most of the night. But he really let it loose in this one, man. It, it was nice. You know, he had some one-liners throughout the night, but he was really in his bag for the main event. Because I was like <laughs> shouting at the ref and go, count faster, ref. Count, count faster. faster. You're going to die. Yeah. He's going to die. <laughs> fucking brilliant. It was great. It I was will great. say, there was only one moment, and it shows how tough Brock Lesnar truly is as he tried to, like, kip up on the barricade. Uh, slipped and then jumped over. Even the fans didn't want to say anything to him. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> not gonna be no you fucked up. No one dared do that to Brock. I was wondering if we were gonna get any of those chants, and I was like, oh, they stayed inside him for Brock. <laughs> I mean, it's cra- it's crazy. Like I said, um, this is one of the craziest things I've ever seen uh, with the ring, and the second was Heyman being there five for the announce table. Um, this showed as well. Tony Khan, take a little bit of note. This is what happens when run-ins actually enhance the match and certain things happen in it, you see, and it builds to a certain crescendo rather than just having everybody running out uh, at once. Uh, and Brock and Reigns has been a feud of the last decade. And I think we can all say, let's hope they leave it on this high. Uh, Monty, again, this is mental. This is a mental match. Yeah, man. You can't. Uh, first of all, I mentioned this after WrestleMania that they should never fight again. <laughs> but like after this, you flip the ring over with a tractor and you can't beat the man. I think it's just time to <laughs> let, let the, <laughs> you just let that that feud go. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't need to see this ever again. But man, what a what a high they left us on. And this is like you said. It just first of all, Roman started off by taking a billion years to get to the ring oh. just to get acknowledged. And then with Brock coming in on the track, to never forget that image. We already mentioned that, but it's just like, it's just, it's like, those, that's one of those things. What he did with the ring is one of those things you can tell non-wrestling fans immediately and they will understand without having to know a damn thing about wrestling. They will understand why this, this is a crazy scenario. Like you just tell someone without they don't have to know anything about wrestling. Just tell them someone drove to the ring on a in a tractor and flipped the ring over during a match. And I think you they would get the idea that wow you you were watching chaos and that's exactly what this was. And uh, I don't you know you can't really do this match justice. Everything about it and was just like breathtaking at times. I've never seen the ring like that in my life. And when you give someone like me who's watched a lot of wrestling over the years, something you've never seen. I can't. I can't say enough about it. It was. This was special, special from the beginning to the end. So I gave it five stars, man. This is great. It's hilarious. We were were moaning about kind of the amount of quality wrestling there is with you know kind of kick pads and all this kind <laughs> of stuff. But there it ain't. Give me that. <laughs> Whatever the fuck yeah. that was. Give me that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you can like whatever type of wrestling you is. I don't see how you can sit down and watch that. And not be like, yeah, no, this is this is great. This is awesome. Right, this right. is very, very good stuff. 
Well, and the thing is, well, Reigns' entrance, as you mentioned, was actually longer than the Ronda versus Liv match. <laughs> it was. I did check. I did check, and it actually was. Um, but Jaxie, again, SummerSlam, Triple H's first pay-per-view, and he hits it out of the park with the main event. For real. I mean, the last thing I am going to say about this match, because I think both, your, uh, you know, yourself, Monty and Gina have all touched on great points is just, you know, the moment that that Brock had, you know, got the, the claw thing from the tractor underneath, uh, hooked underneath the mat and started to actually push it up. The first thing on my mind was the fact that Roman was in that exact same corner that he was like pushing up and the back roll that Roman did I was worried for my man I was like is he okay like that that is a pretty big tumble you know so the first and foremost I really was just like like physically is Roman okay like he didn't hit himself like falling out the ring because we don't really see him land where the you know the camera actually pans out um so you don't really see him land so I was first and foremost like oh please tell me that like Roman's not going to be badly injured from from that fall. But it just looks crazy and insane. Like, if you rewatch it back again, th- that whole stunt would have cost a production thousands of pounds to ensure the safety and, like, you know, to be able to film it over and over again. And Brock and Roman literally have one shot to do it. And they pulled it off so right. well. It was, it, it, it was just... <laughs> How many times do you think they practice it? Brock's just going, no, I'll be all right. Yeah. He's like, no, we have to... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Brock being like that, but Roman's like, no, no, we should practice this. <laughs> I mean, never would have uh, thought you would have seen Roman sliding down like a slope, like yeah, like, like, like Sonic. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, know, you know when Sonic can't get up the, you you haven't given him enough build to go around the the loop in it, and he's just slowly but <laughs> surely. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> But yeah, I, I just got to give them like both credit for that because, you know, you had one take to do that and a full live audience around you and you pulled it off as well as a lot of, you know, productions like take a full day to actually, you know, get the right angles and everything like that. Also, if you do rewatch it back and the way that the camera pans out, you just see it's literally like a, a, a sea of people, a, a wave of them, like just all rising up one line after the other, after the other, after the other. The minute that, like, uh, Brock does it, it kind of looks like a really good effect um, that was obviously naturally, uh, naturally happened. So it was actually quite a fun, like, little effect that added on to the fact that we're zooming out to Brock lifting up the ring like that. So I have to give that moment a special little shout-out because if I thought it was brilliantly executed and really well put together and I'm just glad that Roman's okay the match was amazing uh it's five stars from me for it I I don't think I could have asked for any more out of this match to be honest this is a problem it's like it's like I'm lying you know it's like the Vincent Mann news of him leaving is the biggest news story possibly of all time in professional wrestling you know and like this match is is the craziest match I've ever seen in WWE, you know, maybe like Hell in the Cell with Mankind and Undertaker, but this visual is something is going to stick with me forever. And you know, when they do yeah. video clips or promos with WWE events, we're going to see this. It's crazy. Mm. 
That's the only match I can put in this conversation. It's probably Mankind yeah. and Taker. <laughs> Just a starting off the match. And think about that. That match started off with a man getting threw off the top of the set. <laughs> uh, <laughs> through, so, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, there's not a lot comparable to it. But, yeah, five all round. Five for me. Poll-wise, Roman Reigns got 60% of the vote. Uh, predictions, we all went Roman. So, five scores. Uh, Gina and myself are on six points. Monty and Jackson on seven. Well, what's that mean? Well, it means with the prediction leagues and the pay-per-view scores, we were all level, but not now. Uh, I find myself with Gina. At least I have good company. We're on four pay-per-view points. Jackson and Monty were on five. But that is just WWE. Of course, we've got oh, AEW go. and bonus points. <laughs> yeah, Monty, what do you think of your hollow victory for not taking a risk? You know, what do you think? Oh, I mean, hey, play it safe when it work out. It's not, it's, you know, it's just right. It's not even safe anymore after that. So, <laughs> hey, you got to, I played it right. I didn't play it safe. <laughs> <laughs> Jaxie, what do you think about your win? I mean, I, I'm quite happy to share share the title. You know, Monty and I can be the king and queen of SummerSlam this year. I, I'm I'm really happy yeah. with that outcome. Um, especially because a lot of the time, um, I'm actually like winning the AEW ones. So I'm really happy with this win coming from WWE. So, yay! <laughs> Yeah, well, you haven't yeah. won any eleven in a while. I want to say, oh, all right, all right, geez. all right. I'll remember that. Salty. Right? So salty. Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just, me and Gina are fine. You know, we'll just sit here, we'll let you guys get overconfident, and then we're going to strike back with a vengeance. Yeah. Um, I had a perfect score. That's all. You know. Yeah, same here. I should have had a perfect score. Judgment Day. Judgment Day yeah. let me down, man. Uh, you didn't. <laughs> we move on. Hater. <laughs> <laughs> we move on to our, this is going to be a tough one, our MVP of the night. Monty, I'll start with you for the MVP. I cheated, man. I didn't have, I had multiple, and this is as simple as this. Uh, I felt so good after the show. I Triple H, of course, booking. He gave him, gave him some love. Michael Cole was definitely my MVP because he was great all night. And uh, for the entire of the show, at least for uh, as far as like wrestling goes, uh, I, I I had to give it to Roman and Brock. That was just I've never seen anything like it before. So I know it was a lot of people, but that was the thing people that came to mind when I thought of MVP. Yeah, it's 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 quite you know difficult to pick anybody else in that. Uh, Jack, see who've you gone for your MVP tonight? Um, I'm going to cheat as well because basically I've got written in my notes MVP and then next to it I've got Roman question mark and then Brock question mark and I, like Monty I'm not going to choose I'm going to choose them both because I just think that match was just on another level Gina what about you? Well they can have both I want both Okay you can both <laughs> I, 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 mean, I had Roman I had Roman both. written no, you go Roman and I'll go Brock, and at least the two of us have got both of them. You know? Well, okay, let's just do that then. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Me and Monty won this outcome, so we're allowed to have two choices. So that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh win God, is okay. the, the worst reward we got for a win. Enjoy your five minutes now, yeah. guys. Monty, watch the volume at Clash of 
at the castle. They're, I'm going to get bullied. And yeah, you're not even like, Monty. Monty's not here, is he? Where's your mate? Hey, <laughs> you you already been I bullied. Think get bullied. <laughs> yeah, well, I I feel like I'm just going to end up messaging Monty all night, saying Monty, they're bullying me. Sorry. <laughs> Right. No, I, I can guarantee. I don't know how. By the end of the night, James will be leaving Crash at the Castle the same way Paul Heyman was leaving SummerSlam. He'll have me and Jaxie carrying him out because he's just run down. <laughs> oh my gosh, that such a great Yes, please. Well, if we see that. Um... So anyway, match, match of the night, it's obviously... Well, are we actually? Because we have two five-stars. Um, my match of the night is the main event. Monty, your match was the main event. Jaxie, what are you going to pick, the opener or the main yeah. event? No, I'm going to do the main event for the match of the night. It was too good. But the opener is still a five-star match for me. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Gina, what about you? Ditto, ditto. Definitely that main event. Okay, so now we're going to go to overall rating. And... For me, SummerSlam felt like WrestleMania 38, the sequel, you know, but the finish was brilliant. I think the only thing missing for me was a true five-star match, but obviously, Jaxi, we had a couple there uh, for you. So what would you score this pay-per-view out of 10? You know what? I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I really enjoyed it. I think apart from one or two matches that were just a little bit uh, kind of like not up to scratch i genuinely enjoyed it as a whole um and every single matter there was like at one point there was me just kind of like shocked at something so yeah eight and a half monty what about you yeah i gave it nine like i said i thought the first post air events uh post event era live event was incredible and you know becky and bianca set the tone uh the returns of bailey and dakota kai was great uh, just one of the best films I've ever had watching wrestling was seeing that yeah, segment. And yeah, and EO. There you go. Sorry. And uh, with, uh, the celebs delivered, I, at least from my opinion, Edge was great. Uh, the, everyone retained. So and I, my predictions worked out. So this was fun. And uh, SummerSlam was, uh, it wasn't like perfect. And like you said, it kind of was a great kind of like chapter two to what WrestleMania accomplished. But this was all good fun, man. It had me ready. And I thought I thought another thing, I looking at social media after the show, it had a lot of other people ready for what was next. People were talking about watching Raw uh on Saturday, and that's not, trust me, the hype around <laughs> Raw. There's <laughs> not been a lot of hype around Raw. I, I, so I, I I'm do, just telling you. I do say that, but usually it's the following Saturday after a Raw that I still have to watch it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> usually catching up on Raw. People are ready to watch all live this week because of this show. Great. So I give it a 9 out of 10. Gina, what about you? What would we score it out of 10? Yeah, I gave it eight and a half as well. There were like one or two matches that I weren't, I wasn't truly bothered by, but aside from that, I really, <clears throat> I really enjoyed the show. Um, the main event just had me sort of still as lit as I was when the, it first started with the first match. So, and again, I was one of those freaks who was looking forward to Raw on a Saturday night, which is so rare of, of me. So, I, I definitely think it was a great paper, uh, pay per view or premium live event. Sorry. Yeah, like I said, it, it was a really good show put together well. It makes me excited to think what WrestleMania could possibly be when we get this for kind of SummerSlam. And even looking for the card, there wasn't a time where, I mean, you could argue, did we really need a US title match? 
uh, on there. But again, it's the pacing of the show which worked uh, and everything kind of paid off. I gave it a nine and a quarter. And I'll show you how positive, how many polls have we done in the history of the WNR. And we ask everybody, how did they rate SummerSlam? <laughs> well, excuse me. Okay was 7%. Good, 15%. Great, 28%. Awesome got 50% of a WWE pay-per-view. <laughs> How is that even possible? Yeah, uh, even we, we got um, someone saying it was the best SummerSlam yet. I mean, high, high praise indeed. Um, and what's even more exciting? The next WWE pay-per-view we review, we would have seen it live in person. Do you think, Jaxie, that will change your opinion of, of how we review it? I think I'm going to have to rewatch it. I mean, it's definitely going to be one of those that I will rewatch from, from uh, you know, after we're attending the event. I think it's going to be very different for us. You know, we have, we're not used to being able to see wrestling live. So it's going to be seen from what I would say, like a fresh set of eyes. Um, and as much as I'm excited for it, I feel like I won't be able to really fully in, in, invest my mind in analyzing the matches the way that we do on this podcast because I'm going to just be very there in the moment so I will definitely be re-watching it again but it is one of the most highly anticipated moments of this year for me um, and I cannot wait to actually uh, experience it with not just my sister but with you as well James we've been doing this for about what almost two years now um, yes. so it's going to be so amazing to finally get a chance to go and experience it together for once um, and then review it so it's going to be very interesting I mean this week this this week's uh, uh, what do they call it premium live event has really sort of ignited reignited that that passion that I always had for WWE and I'm excited to see where the product is going to go but I'm just in general excited to be going to see a live event um it's going to be awesome yeah honestly i i cannot wait i won't have a notepad there and make notes i'm going to be in the moment we'll be talking a lot on the podcast as well i've got about the merchandise all the kind of questions i always seem to ask merchandise seating how much is a hot dog or you know burger or chips and whatever it is uh gina i i mean can you believe that it is four and a half weeks away from the first stadium show in the UK for 30 years, and we will be there live. No, I'm super excited. I, I literally think that this is something that we can look forward to, especially after the, the past few years that we've all had, where we've had to stay in. We've not been able to, you know, go go to live events such as this. So it's something I'm really looking forward to. But it's also uh, it's also exciting because again this this event the SummerSlam event has made me super excited for more WWE content and I was kind of more on the back burner with WWE at the moment so I'm excited to see how much more of my interest grows as time goes on with the next few events and we'll see because Clash at Castle will definitely call a bit of that. Yeah, without a shadow of that. Well, finally we got some raw notes. Uh, we see Becky Lynch turning turning full face and then attacked by Bailey, EO and Kai to write off television. We have US title qualifiers. Becky's US title promo and... was sick, by the yeah. way. Becky's face promo. Yes. It was so sick. 
Yeah, I'll say, uh, Becky there, when she's talking about being a man, and it's the confidence that she has as well, isn't it? You know, that's what Becky's about. Definitely. I, I, definitely. I think that, that promo def, uh, definitely reminded me of like how and why people started to really fall in love with Becky because she just really knows how to deliver a promo and genuinely make you believe everything she's saying as well. Um, she came across so passionately as well um, and, and really explained a lot of like her, her reasoning for the heel turn and a lot of her reasoning for now this face turn again, you know? So I like it when they actually make it make sense for you. And Becky did that in that promo. As I was saying, the US title actually, uh, <laughs> it's going to become meaning something. The the package of the US title as well with Dusty Rose and Harley Race uh, was fantastic. The US title qualifier, AJ Styles beat Miz and Ali. Anybody's not seen this match, go watch it. Because not only the 450 in the Styles clash, which was breathtaking, but also without DDT to AJ to the outside, which made him spin around yeah. as well. Um, this was just Perfect. good stuff. And then Chumper beating Gable and Ziggler, so Chumper and AJ meet later in the night. They actually care about Chumper again, Monty. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's obvious who who <laughs> who's, who's booking that. It's crazy. I mean, there's no surprise Triple H is announced in booking and just announced to be booking and just so happened that Chumper is now uh, a credible wrestler again. Would you believe it? <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like I said, Chumper beating AJ to face Bobby for the US title. Can you tell the game is in charge? Uh, Montez Ford <laughs> had a test against Seth Rollins, which he come up uh, a little bit short. Uh, we then had Bliss and Oscar ended in no contest thanks to Bailey's crew. EO and Belair ended the same when B- Bliss, Oscar, arrived. But EO and Belair, I mean, Jaxi, this match, uh, EO is going to be a champion uh, within a year. That's what position. Oh, my gosh. I kind of wanted them, like, I think at one point we did hear some This Is Awesome chants, but I just really wanted them to shout fight forever because I could watch Bianca and EO uh, wrestle constantly and I don't think I'll ever get bored uh EO is such a high flyer and I was so glad that we're finally getting to see it on the main roster you know we've we a lot of us who've watched the original NXT sort of content before it became 2.0 um really appreciated sort of the the uh abrasiveness and and aggression that came from especially from the women's roster that uh, that EO was a part of um, during that time, and I'm so glad that we're getting a chance to see that get brought to the main roster. I'm so excited to see sort of um, future matches that EO is going to have already, and just kind of very excited to see at what feud she's going to have. But she will definitely be a champion. Um, if I if I don't get Oscar versus EO soon, though, I'm going to like riot because of like I just know that those two will go hard. So please give me that match. It's a dream match I didn't know I needed needed. Give it, give it to us at Mania or something like that. Don't waste it on a oh Raw. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. just give it a same. No, don't do it on a Raw. Yeah, definitely <laughs> no, build that up. Build um, that up. <laughs> like I said, really, really good stuff. The Usos beat the Mysterios. Uh, Judgment Day came down uh, to attack the Mysterios at an edge, who did come back early with old music. He accidentally speared Dom. So, Gina, the question is, is it going to be Dom's hill turn, or will Edge because Triple H is booking now, in a couple of months' time, be revealed to be the leader of the Judgment Day again, and we can go back to normal. 
Oh my goodness, I have no idea how it's going to go because I keep saying Dom is going to is going to heel turn, and I said this last year too. So I have no idea when this is going to come about. I generally thought it was going to happen at SummerSlam, and it didn't. And I think they're just getting to the point now where I don't care when he turns. Like, do it now, do it in 10 years' time, I don't know, but I don't care anymore, <laughs> you know? So um, I, don't, I don't know when this is going to come about, if I'm truly honest. I, I do see Edge being involved in the storyline with them for a bit longer. So maybe maybe we'll get a dominant Edge or maybe even a Ray heel turn. We could. He gets a bit shitty but about uh, Dom and Edge working close together. I don't know. We could do something completely random like that. Mm. So we'll just have to keep our eyes open over the next coming weeks. Yeah, that rule was good. Apart from the non-finishes... Like I said, Raw is actually good. I can't believe I'm saying it. I know it's a three-hour show, uh, but it's been three hours for ten years now, everybody. So if you're not used to it, come on. Uh, But what's even crazier, what's even crazier than people uh, talking about Raw and being good, was (laughs) it actually drew a 2.3 million viewers and a 0.6 rating in key adults, course, the 18 to 49 demographic. This represents a two-year viewership high for Raw. Monty, is this just a Triple H effect? Will it wear off, though? This is what I'm worried about. It's possible. It definitely can. That's why I think uh, certain decisions are important. You, uh, you have to uh, avoid falling into certain traps that can make Maybe some of the returning viewers think, oh, okay, this is still Vince's stuff with just Triple H's face on it. Uh, so uh, I, I think it's a little bit of a Triple H effect. They did a really good job of, hi- of hyping it, uh, being uh, clever, like even teasing, you know, with a lot of the news of Naomi and Sasha's return, using using that hype kind of to make people think that maybe it was coming on. Maybe they were showing up that night on Raw. Uh, we don't know what's gonna happen or whatever, but you, and then also just the hype uh, off of strong, a very very strong SummerSlam with the returning uh, Dakota Kai and with Io Shirai debuting and all of that. I just think uh, it was a combination of things that led to that rating. It was the Triple H effect, of course, and the fact that WWE has been doing is going to do something different. I think that's intriguing enough in itself. But then when you add on the fact that they have, like you just mentioned, one of the greatest SummerSlams to date in some people's mind. I think that that's always going to give you that boost. You know, we see it sometimes after a great manias uh, that they get that ratings boost right after. So it definitely can drop right back down. I don't know if this is going to be the new norm, but a lot of that is going to be dependent on how uh, well Triple H does uh, when it comes to avoiding the pitfalls of making maybe some of the returning viewers or new viewers. You don't want to, you know, alienate them even though you don't want to cater completely to them either so it, it's, it's a fine line we'll have to see but uh i honestly think this is just like i said one of the the, the best times to be a fan of wwe right now just because of all of this positive praise and what's going on i think a lot of people are taking notice that things really may be different this time yeah well like i said that is an excellent way to end right now like we said we live in a world full of hope. <laughs> Let's leave it there as we go on. Yeah. Uh, that is it. Don't forget, don't forget across all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Or Monty, where can people find you? 
at mind monty with the y pod so uh you know check me out on twitter at mind monty pod or you can click the link in my bio listen to the mind and monty podcast you can go to youtube type in mind and monty uh, and a lot of my latest videos or usual clips from the podcast will pop up and some of my uh, original creative content that i'm coming up with so just click the link in my bio check me out i appreciate you guys for listening jackson where can people find you yeah, you can find me um, on both Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlett. And finally, Gina. You can find me on both um, on at Purple Rain. Uh, Purple Pain, sorry. You forgot your own handle. And you... <laughs> it's a good song, by the way. Do you know what? I actually... Um, I mean, it it was originally Purple Rain. Purple Rain. <laughs> yeah. And that, I, I Purple changed Rain it to Purple Pain. Thing. So I'm just going back to my roots. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Tifa's uh, Tifa's weapon of choice, purple pain in Final Fantasy VII. That's where she got it from, and it's so cool. I'll take you guys' word for that. That's, that's the top of our also on Facebook and Instagram across all the Google platforms. Send us an email to double podcast at gmail.com and YouTube to double podcast. We have all eight clips. Podcasts go at the same time on YouTube. to do SoundCloud. On your phone and also Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode. Look, guys. Look, guys. Even let me explain. Say, even if we're taking a bit of time off, even if it's like two weeks, there was six podcasts in June, right? Which is cra- I didn't think we did that many, but we did six in June. All right, there was like at least four a month. So even if there's a little break. Please stop pestering me the emails and, and all this kind of stuff because at the moment there's a lot of stuff going on and we're going to deal with it. So, and again, I'm trying to do impact, all right? Get off my back, guys. I'm trying to do it. I've got March, <laughs> since fucking March. Trying to do it to all. Do, all right? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it at some point. Don't worry about that. Um, so it will be done. But it feels like I'm getting told off. And it's my show. It's my pod. All right. If I want to do it in my leisurely place, if we do a year review of Impact, so be it. Um, but next time, I did let that off my. I used to be Ronan's rants, so that makes sense. Uh, but our next episode afterwards, that will be August twenty, uh, August twentieth of NXT Heatwave. Monty, there's a heatwave coming. That sounds good. I, we just can't escape it at this point, right? It's just a heat wave, nowhere, no matter where I turn, some type of heat wave. <laughs> and then, this is a very special show. For the first time ever in WNR podcast history, August 27th, the WNR will be covering the G1 Climax uh, 32, as it was. I've still got a lot of catching up to do, but again, looking forward to it. Um, uh, Jax, so you've been watching bits and pieces as well, haven't you? Yeah, you, yeah, you I'm know. definitely, I'm definitely catching up. I'm behind by a couple of them, um, but I plan to watch them all way before we do this. I've got to admit, you know, like uh, Monty got me intrigued the last time he covered G1 um, Classic, and I said to myself, I was going to check it out this year anyway, and that really solidified what at Forbidden Door getting a chance to see some of these wrestlers um, at Forbidden Door just really made me want to see them again. And from what I've seen so far, I'm not disappointed. So definitely watch out for our podcast because it it should be an interesting one, and you can get our first thoughts on 
uh, what we think of these wrestlers. Without shadow of that. And then at the end of the month, August 31st, again, first time ever on the WNR podcast, we will be talking about Clash at the Castle and AEW All Out, catching up Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite and Rampage just three days prior, uh, before we go to Clash at the Castle, which of course is September 3rd, which we cannot wait. But that is it today. What a show SummerSlam has been. It's flown by and I've actually enjoyed the content, which again, for a WWE show, very, very positive. But uh, like I said, next show, hopefully Impact. Until then, I've been James Rowlands and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. We had the mind of Monty. Arigato. Thank you. I hope it is. I hope it is. If I if I Google that and you've just called me a word I can't say on this pod. Japanese for thank you is arigato gozaimasu. There you go. Well, yeah. Right. I'm going to leave it there because I I'm out of my depth. But luckily, we have got the genius of Gina here as well on our journey to teach us any language we're not fluent in. I can also confirm, seeing as I've been to Japan, that Arigato is thank you. <laughs> there you go. Do you know, not, not just a dumb American, James. You know what? On, I, don't, I don't believe the three of you. And I think more, that says more about the I team. I told you, I've I actually been to Japan as well. Japan is a country. Yeah, all right. Like Japan is a country. <laughs> well, well, we've never ended a show quite like that, but we will. So thanks for listening, everyone, and bye.